to our podcast with super fans Rose and Sam and Malika too. She's undecided if she even likes it. But we watch Stargate and talk about it because it's fun. We probe the wormholes, yes we do, because we have nothing. Better to do so. Listen, here's our show. All right. I'm excited. I'm nervous. I'm hopefully not going to screw any of this up. Well, if you do say anything bad, uh, we'll just cut it out. Okay. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. You guys ready? Yeah. Okay. Hello, and welcome to Probing the Wormhole, a Stargate discussion podcast. I am Malika, and I would like to introduce my super fan co-hosts. Sam, a super fan. And Rose, another super fan. And we have a special guest today. It's Ben from work. Hello, also a super fan and uh, very happy to join you on this uh, exciting podcast. Let's rock and roll. Yeah, Hall of Justice represent. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) So today we're going to be focusing on episode 20, Politics. Does anybody have any intro thoughts before we jump into this wonderful episode? Not to be presumptuous, but uh, but two things that I like about this episode, just right off the bat, uh, was you get to see Slimy Samuels, you know, again, which is kind of awesome, played by the wonderful Robert Wisdom, uh, Wisden, uh, who I found out actually I didn't know this before. He's a Brit. Go figure. Also, he played Nixon in the Watchmen movie. So I thought that's cool. He's always very good at being at being obsequious and 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 vaguely slimy so uh and also the first time you meet senator kinsey uh played by the awesome cool corporate bad guy ronnie cox just terrific so uh nice to see those characters that you love to hate again yeah sam samuels has a real slimy sense about him perfect for the role absolutely i missed him too oleaginous i think is a really good term for his character we're gonna have to look that one up (laughs) yeah Malika, you really missed Samuel Samuels? You know, I did because he lays it out. Like he is like, I hate Stargate. I hate you all. I think you all are, all are beneath me. And I'm going to show you that. Like he's, he's the one character on here who is just like nakedly angry and evil. So I kind of like that. I did like how uh, he he is like me. Kinsey is like me. He's unable to pronounce Gawold. <laughs> his is on yeah, his is on purpose. Mine is not. Well, does he have like a Southern accent? I couldn't quite place it. You know, like it almost seemed he's supposed to be a Republican, right? I don't know. I, I couldn't quite pay, uh, place his politics. You know, they don't really ever say party like throughout Stargate when they talk about the president, they never really say what party, but he has that whole like God fearing America first thing about him. So he strikes me as a Republican. They never do. And actually on some on some uh, discussion threads and some reviews on IMDb, actually, a lot of people, you know, makes it always Republican this or Republican that. But you're right. They don't ever make any reference to at all to party. You remind, I mean, he's perfectly cast as a senator, the old white man-ness of him and all. Absolutely. Absolutely. He reminds me of like a particular person, maybe Mitch McConnell. I don't know. He reminds me of someone. But he might be kind of possibly a Democrat 
because Republicans usually are gung-ho on all military spending. And here he is on the Appropriations Committee and he's like, I don't like this line item. We're spending too much on this. So some kind of oversight is kind of a democratic, uh, of the military is kind of a democratic value. Yeah. That's his one saving grace. I mean, we can probably talk about this later in the episode, but like the whole civilian control of the military, like he's not wrong, right? <laughs> there should, it's like, especially as people who I think for, for the most part are not super gung-ho about unlimited military spending, you still find yourself kind of on the side of the military here. It's weird. But yeah, but I mean, but that is true. I mean, what was it? It's, I don't remember the exact figure, but I mean, yeah, just to, you know, keep the program running is, what is it? Is a, is a billion dollars, which doesn't seem like that much actually. Well, I did, I did the, the calculations and it's actually 13 billion if it was today's dollars. Exactly. Like that much. I mean, didn't we just give like Ukraine $10 billion last month or something? Well, I mean, good Lord. Yeah. How much, I mean, how much money do we spend like per day uh, in Iraq? Iraq and Afghanistan. I mean, way more than that. So, but that's that's to kill humans. This is right. to kill aliens. Right. It, it has to be. There has to be some kind of discount. Right. <laughs> the episode opens on the base, and we see Daniel's wound being repaired in the infirmary. And he's given the coordinates to the team and talking to them about what he saw in his alternative reality. But of course, the team do not believe him. Which I found interesting. I mean, considering all the stuff that they do and see and deal with, like not believing something about coming in contact with, you know, some sort of alien technology or whatever, and then being transported somewhere else. I found that to be very, I found that to be a weird discrepancy that they're all like, "Mm, that's just crazy. No, no, I don't think that they were saying that what him touching the mirror and being transported to another alternative reality was not what they did, what they didn't believe. What they didn't believe is that the outcome that he saw in the other reality is going to be manifest in this reality. They're saying that just because it happened to him there doesn't mean that it's going to happen to him here. And what do you think of the whole uh, engaged Oh, <laughs> Sam and I are shippers, so we will read shippiness into everything. <laughs> oh, right on. So, do you want to start the shippers' corner right shippers now? Corner. Okay, shippers' corner. <laughs> Sam, what did you think? I thought this was the first time that O'Neill realized that this could be a possibility, and I think it's because of RDA's acting, his little sidelong glances at Carter. Yeah, I agree. And I liked how he was like. Well, that's against regulations. Not that he didn't want to do it. It's like, I, there's a rule that says I can't, but I would do it if I could. I thought of you guys when I saw that. And they both got pretty flustered, which me, to me struck me as they had considered the possibility before and were like, felt a little bit called out by it. So then in walks Hammond and Samuels, and this is when the team finds out that they are going to have to do a hearing to justify their continued program of using the Stargate. The next scene is in Hammond's office, and we find out that Senator Kinsey is going to be coming, and he's upset about the line item with regards to Area 52, which is the Stargate. Did anybody do any research on Area 52? 
No. Is that a real thing? No. I'll do a Google search right now. There well, you go. Area 54, the alien one in That's 51. Area 51. 51. Oh, okay. See? It's close. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, area52.com is a cannabis website. <laughs> <laughs> so Area 52 is... is it's, a, it's apparently a secret site in Nevada. Where crashed, um, cra I think cra crashed alien spaceships get taken. Well, that, that's in Arizona. That's what I thought. Area, yeah. So Area 51 is, isn't that Roswell or is that something different? I think that's Roswell. That's, well, that's yeah, but Area 52, uh, lists all the, the first list is Area 52, a code name for Stargate Command in the Stargate universe. It may refer to Tonopah Test Range, a military installation near Tonopah, Nevada. Tonopah. Tonopah. I don't think it's a real, it may be a real thing, but don't think it's aliens. Although Tonopah is in fact a real place. I do that for a fact. We should go visit. <laughs> Good. Yeah, let's not. The last <laughs> time we went on a trip, you came back with COVID. So I did not get COVID in Chicago. I got COVID in court. <laughs> I'm sticking to that. So then we are in the boardroom and we have everybody there with Senator Kinsey and the team. And I guess some Senator Kinsey's staff and Samuels, Hammond, everybody. So my question is, why didn't they just open the gate and shove him through to Chulak and then just shut the iris? Like problem solved. It's true. There's the whole thing of treason, but you know, I mean, and murder. <laughs> and murder. You can set, you can be like the best way to find out what Stargate is about is to go to this other planet. Let us escort you to Chulak. I think that field trip might have been in order. Yeah. A very short episode. <laughs> also, a weird thing this just struck me, and I don't know why. Uh, point of protocol. Um, they're meeting at an official inquest with high-ranking government officials as well as high-ranking military. Daniel Jackson, while wounded, should have at least been in a suit and tie. Yes, I thought that too. So Kinsey calls the Stargate program offensive. He's a jerk. Yes. He, he said that they brought nothing back that's of worth. That was that was surprising to me. I mean, you know, all the weaponry, I know they brought staff weapons back. I mean, my God, like the energy source and, the, and from a military perspective, the offensive capability of, of those, I mean, you know the military would be all over that. It was the medicine and uh, we mentioned this once before, the medicine and emancipation. I think that's it. I don't remember. I, I've blocked emancipation out of my mind. <laughs> good. That's a good idea. <laughs> so, of course, we had to return back to some Greek mythology since we've been missing that for a little <laughs> while. So Kinsey brings up Pandora and talks about, I guess, the gate being the equivalent of the box. And by opening the box, i.e. opening the gate, we are letting out the team, the SG team is letting out plagues, pestilence, and evil into this world. And Daniel says, that's just a myth. She closed it and she kept hope inside. They really kept that going a while. <laughs> it's weird. It felt like um, kind of shoehorned in there. They didn't really need it, but we've been without a Greek myth <laughs> for a little while. It gives Daniel a chance to talk. That's true. With his uh, with his fabulous butt cut haircut, 
I forgot about that. Yeah, his first season hair is not good. Oh, dude. Seriously. <laughs> At all. And what happened to his glasses? He was he like, not wearing glasses? Maybe yeah, he got contacts finally or laser surgery. Um, I did do a little tiny bit of research on Pandora. Won't get into the mythology, but I did think that it was interesting. There was a line that talked about the reason why hope was left in the box and how that, which was actually a jar, but that translates to hope is the last thing that dies in man because that was what's left. I did like that idea. I didn't even know any of that Pandora stuff before. Then O'Neill talks about let's dial up P4A771, which is the planet in solitudes where all it is is shooting at the gates. Is he saying let's send Kinsey to a certain death? I'm sure he wouldn't mind that. <laughs> <He> submitted. <laughs> yeah, it seems a little, um, I'm okay with you dying. One thing I have to say is, uh, you know, I, I forgot the details, I guess, of um, how, how a colonel, a full bird colonel like Jack O'Neill, boy, how off the cuff and just kind of like, if he was an actual military colonel, my God, that guy would have been busted down so many ranks for just his, his attitude and his mouth and just kind of, you know, and his, it, it was just funny to watch and be like, oh my God, you would not have lasted as a colonel, you know, with this attitude, but still gotta love Jack. So then Daniel starts talking about that Garuld coming in ships to attack the world. And Daniel says, and I wrote this down word for word because I loved it. Maybe we'll just upload a computer virus to the mothership, <laughs> which is only independence day. Yeah, I like I like Sergey's references to other sci-fi stuff. That was great. Well, when did Independence Day come from come? I was in high school, so I think it was around the same time. 1996. Oh, okay. And it was a huge blockbuster. Mike, you think my kids will like it or is it too scary? It's ridiculous. It's great. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> didn't they it, what didn't they use like a floppy disk or like a Yeah. <laughs> it was like a, <laughs> But it's a great the Will Smith, you got what's his name? Jeff Goldblum. Yes. You got data. You have Brent Spiner. Yeah. And, and uh, what's her name? President Roslin. Yeah, and Ro Laura Roslin. Yeah. Right. I, I just I just think it's funny that an entire alien race can be defeated by a floppy disk. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying it wasn't a good movie. I'm just saying. <laughs> oh, sorry. Spoiler alert. <laughs> isn't there some sort of, isn't there like a statute of limitations on spoiler where it's like, if you haven't seen something from 1996, you know, we held off as long as we could, but sorry. So then we start reviewing the Kowalski incident and we flash back to Children of the Gods and Apophis. Well, this is our first flashback. I have a confession to make. I fast forwarded through the clips. Sorry. <laughs> Sam, you yeah. know, I, I have a pretty good memory sometimes, but I kind of tried to block out some of this stuff. And, <laughs> but in Children of the Gods, um, and we'll, we'll see this in, in the next flashback, there's a part where they shoot, Kowalski shoots the rocket launcher into the Gawuld ship. Mm -hmm. It explodes and crashes. And I didn't remember that. I mean, I remembered that the, the ship was disabled by Kowalski, but I didn't remember the actual 
CGI and effects. And I thought they were really good. I actually, I thought a lot of the, a lot of the explosions, I, re I remember reading somewhere years ago, I could be wrong about this, but that the explosion they did, like when the death glider would be firing at them and, you know, when they have a ship hit the ground or something like this, they use practical, like actual, you know, actual pyrotechnics, which yeah. I, I always thought was ballsy too. I'm just like, man, how much of the Canadian countryside did they blow up filming this thing? So. No, I thought the crashing was really good. I thought I actually wrote in my notes that I thought it was spectacular. And I don't remember writing that the first time we saw it. Yeah. See, that's what you missed out on, Sam. <laughs> I think that Canada has plenty of countryside to spare. Oh, that's very true. So I guess this, Kinsey, this kind of explains the president's and the unknown unnamed president action in enigma right like when he wanted the toll or he was willing to let the tollens be sort of imprisoned and tortured for information and that was a departure from how we understood the president to act i'm guessing he was having kinsey being like pressuring him by that point and really needed to get something delivered in order to justify the expenditures in this program because that was through the nid right not samuels it was through the NID, yeah. But I wonder, you know, you, you don't really ever get a sense, but who is the NID answering to? Is it just a subset of the Pentagon? Is it a civilian authority as a part of the military? If it is civilian, I'm thinking that it's probably linked somewhere like, you know, something to do with the NSA, but I mean, also a lot of, you know, off the stuff books. I mean, it's it's the National Intelligence Directorate, right? We don't really know what it stands for. Um, okay. I mean, but like, it, so it's, is it like the, the CIA, the NSA is a part of the intelligence community, which are civilian. Yeah. They're not, it's not Pentagon run. So then True. he might have influence there. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's, you know, I, I yes, civilian. Yes. However, like so deeply enmeshed with the industrial military industrial complex that, you know, but that's always what I thought. Something like the NSA. Although it did sound like this is coming out of military spending. Yeah, and the senator just found out about this too. It sounded like, yeah, maybe he was getting some pressure because Samuels has been the uh, in well, well since the first episode. He's sort of been privy and and my question. So I guess also Samuels, he does he just hate the Stargate program because they hate him and it's just fuck you guys out of spite. Does he really have an ideological issue? Because it seemed like he was pulling Kinsey strings more than the other way around. Oh yeah, like twist, twisting Kinsey's uh, knickers, knickers up just to get somebody more powerful than him, right? Uh, to to go after them. Oh, yeah. one one more thing about the flashback. Actually, I thought when Teal'c, you know, he says, "Help!" You know, he's like, "Help me! I can save these people. Help me!" And Teal'c looks at him. He's like, "I've heard that a lot of times before." And then throws him a staff weapon. He's like, "But you're the first person I thought could do it." The uh, the serpent guards. You know, who are like, who are walking and sort of backing the crowd up against a wall to make them easier to shoot and such. So when Teal and Jack start going after them with staff weapons, they're like, you know, very convenient targets. They all just stand there in a row. They don't scatter. They don't take cover. They don't move around. They, do, they just stand there, just, you know, like shooting at people, but waiting to get shot. I thought that was very considerate of the Serpent Guards. So then we have O'Neill and he tells... Senator Kinsey about the time that they were killed by the ghoul because Senator Kinsey is saying it's so easy to murder these Gawuld 
what's the big deal? We can do this easily. We can do this without your team. And O'Neill's like, no, actually they have done stuff to us in the past, like the time that they killed us. And of course they flash back to the Knox, which I, I love the episode of the Knox, as you guys know. And I was very sad to see the flashback with no Knox, no wicker, no leaves. It was sad. Maybe sad. <laughs> I thought of you. <laughs> But it was good to see the energy shields again. I think that that was a good point to bring up with Senator Kenzie about how this energy shields could be part of their downfall. Yeah, and how they, yeah. Yeah, anybody that has a personal energy shield, you know, this is this is a real problem for us. Or the ships could yeah. have an energy shield. Yeah. You know, in that, the next scene, they show the pyramid-shaped alien ship coming down and covering another uh like an actual pyramid what episode was that from the 94 movie stargate with why can't i think of his name kurt russell, kurt russell. and james spader yeah i was i was wondering if that was from the movie so that because yeah. they don't really ever use clips from the movie obviously it's different cast but yeah, yeah but no that was that was from the 1994's movie okay because i was confused then we're on another flashback and it's what episode was that? It was the eclipse one. Oh, um, singularity. Singularity. Okay. When they somehow manage not to die, even though they're running through an empty field <laughs> and getting shot at from the sky and have to stop to dial the stargate, they still don't die. And O'Neill is like in a bright yellow, yes. like a huge target on him. Maybe the uh, maybe the part of the Jaffa were being played by stormtroopers. I saw, just as an aside, I saw a really good meme that's like the stormtroopers and red shirts get into a fight. The stormtrooper misses every shot and the red shirt still dies. (laughs) (laughs) So then our next flashback is a bunch of blue penises. (laughs) We flash back to Cold Lazarus when... The team is talking about how the Gawul has a history of destroying many civilizations. But yeah, I was so remember when we did the Blue Dicks um, podcast episode, Sam, you said like, not only did they like not make it look like a, like it looks like a penis and then they put a face on it. (laughs) It was even more ridiculous the second time around. It was talking to a talking penis. And then we have Tilk talking to Kinsey about the evil and the power of the Gould. And we talked about a little bit about this, about how Tilk switched sides because humans value freedom. Mm-hmm. And I thought that that was um, the amount of oomph that Tilk was able to bring, an emotion that Tilk was able to bring to this argument about keeping the Stargate open, I thought was really enlightening to kind of solidify his, his reason for being there. Agreed. That was, uh, it was really good. And then, oh man, Christopher Judge looked so, he was just emanating rage. I was like, oh shit, he was scary. That was, yeah. that was my favorite acting parts of the show. He did a great job with that scene. Um, it, it felt actually like Trumpism, you know, 20 years before Trump. Mm. Like that whole, cause, cause it's, you know, at this point, the Republicans are kind of the neo kind of Republicans who wanted to export freedom to everybody by bombing them. Um, and this is very much an isolationist view. This is very much a like, 
we got to protect our own, you know, seal the borders too bad for you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Screw the, the rest of the world's not our problem. The rest of the universe isn't our problem. And delusional. Oh, completely. <laughs> Although now we have Space Force. Maybe they'll be able to do that. Oh, yeah. Space. And Steve heading it. So we're in, we're, we're in good hands. <laughs> so I have a question. Does, does Kinsey, though, have a point about the Stargate being kept secret? I mean, should there at some point be disclosure? I think he has, a, I mean, I think Kinsey actually has a lot of points as much as I hate him and he's like a terrible person. He has a point about the disclosure. I mean, there's a few issues. First, you're in a democratic country. Civilian authorities have control over spending for a reason. And in order for them to decide if something is worth spending, they need to know what it is. And they're elected by the people and the people have a right to decide if they're acting in their interest or not, right? By voting that for them or not. And I mean, everything about keeping the secret goes against every principle of democracy that we believe in. And it's not secret for security reasons, right? It's secret because we don't think people can handle it, which is the worst reason to keep something secret. Um, and it's also, you're making decisions for a planet of 9 billion people, you know, with the government of one country. Yeah. But yeah. if what Daniel thinks is gonna come to pass, everybody's gonna know anyway, right? Yeah. Because the alien ships are not coming through the Stargate. They're just going to land on the big cities or hover around them and blow them up. And right don't now. people have a right to know? I mean, if this is really a, an existential threat, don't people have a right to know that and plan accordingly? Maybe people would vote to colonize other planets that are empty. Like, like if people knew about the possibilities of the Stargate, I think they would have a say in how it's used. Is it used for military purposes? Is it used to gather, to further scientific knowledge? Should we be colonizing planets? Should we be having some kind of UN that works with other alien races that are friendly? Like without having it disclosed, they are deprived of the opportunity to decide policy around it. True. But do any of us decide policy? I mean- Theoretically, we vote for people. We vote for people. <laughs> who then decide policy and we, if we don't like the way they're acting, we vote them out. That's why it's supposed to work. Do we? <laughs> but think of think of all the things that are kept from us. Obviously, we don't know some of them, but a lot of the stuff we find out about threats later on and terrorist attacks that were thwarted. I think people would freak out. And I'm not sure I would want to know. Yeah, I, I think a reason they cite for it, if you know, memory serves, is uh, you know, a lot of it is uh, you know, avoiding mass panic. Jesus, we don't have a Stargate that anybody, you know, that anybody knows about for sure, I guess. And I mean, already it's, you know, look how far, look how far conspiracy theories have managed to, in recent years, truly take hold of and shape and affect the future of this country. And I mean, so it's like, and if you get something where the government's like, hi there, so hey, there are aliens on Earth and we have a freaking, you know, we have a transporter better than Scotty, like gets us all the way across the other side of the galaxy, like... Yeah, this is, I mean, this is going to turn everything, everything on its ear and like something's going to, it's a fundamental shift in the way that humans view themselves and, and their place in the universe. And to suddenly have it absolutely proven that not only are we not the sentient center of the universe, but that also we're kind of like that pesky little kid that lived down the block that always wanted to get into everybody's business and was more of a pain in the ass than anything. But, but it's a good point. I mean, seriously, they're you know, civilian oversight for a reason. And 
you know, $13 billion in today's, in today's with adjusted for today's inflation. Like we're paying those, you know, it's coming out of our pockets. We probably do have a right to know, but ultimately would be better. Would it be good to know that? I don't know. My feeling is, do you know, I, I don't like keeping things secret for our own good. I don't think that's a justification. I think keeping things secret for security reasons, like if disclosing would put people at risk, you know, like operatives at risk or something. But I just, it feels very paternalistic. And even, even seeing how horrible people's decisions are when it comes to policy and voting and all that, I still think democracies don't hide things like this from their people. What do you think, Sam? Would you want to know about this? Mr. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. I would want to know. <laughs> but I think I would want to know because it's a really cool thing, not because I um, feel that I should know about it. Well, the other thing I also think is eventually secrets like this don't say secret, right? They eventually come out. And I think it builds distrust if people feel like, well, why weren't we told about this? Um, and, and also, do you really trust the U.S. government to be making good decisions? Even like, let's say this was happening now and under President Biden. Do you trust that administration to make good decisions without any input from his populace? No. I just think that if we knew about the Stargate and we knew that there's a potential that there's going to be an alien attack in every disaster movie, all the people swarm to wherever that is. And we already know about this beta site. There'd be millions of people trying to get to the Stargate to get to the beta site because they don't want to die. So. Then uh, Kinsey starts talking about, well, you guys created a monster and brings up Kowalski and the episode, The Enemy Within. And I know how we all love Kowalski and his parasite (laughs) over him and everybody's trying to get it out of him. But I did like the fact that they re-showed the fight between Kowalski and Tilk. Yeah, his death was savage i mean dude like hold his head there and then cut off the wormhole like dude <laughs> damn that's oof yeah they just basically vaporized his brainstem yeah yeah yeah, yeah. hold his head there and it's like oh jack you cold-blooded murderer <laughs> that's what you get when you hurt gary jones oh totally <laughs> totally So then Kinsey goes on to mention the plagues that they've brought through the Stargate. And of course, our favorite broken divide comes up. (laughs) I loved, I love this scene. It looked like O'Neill was having such a good time being a caveman monkey man. (laughs) (laughs) I had to turn on the damn uh, subtitles. Sam, tell me that you watched that, at least that flashback. I did not, no. I, I fast forwarded, but it was, they dwelled on that scene for quite some time. They did. I think there were better episodes that they could have picked, but yeah. uh, not episodes, uh, scenes, but I did like seeing him. From Broca Divide? Oh yes, there were some <laughs> really great uh, scenes they could have picked. <laughs> but I did think it was interesting that Kinsey sees this as b- bringing plague to the world and the team seeing it as saving an entire population of people through Benadryl. (laughs) Through Benadryl. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think Kinsey has a point here. I mean, they did really come close to destroying humanity, (laughs) but you know, but also, yeah, if you're gonna be out there, you gotta take risks. And ultimately they did do some really good work. 
yeah, like like you said, I mean, you know, for as much as a as much as a you know conceited I'm a white man, listen to me ass hat that Kinsey is, he he does actually make several salient points. Then we go on to when O'Neill almost died in brief candle from the nanocytes. From the roofies. You mean the STD that he got? (laughs) (laughs) That's what you get. I mean, if you're going to get a STD, getting old and having prostate problems, I guess isn't the worst. These are the consequences that they never showed Captain Kirk dealing with whenever he. (laughs) So. Yes. Although we should point out that he was raped. So not Captain Kirk. Yes, it was non-consensual drug sex. I'm sure Captain Kirk has skirted the lines of consent more than once. <laughs> sure. No comment. But I did think that that was interesting that O'Neill was planning on going back to his, his rapist's planet to retire there. Oh, yeah. I think that maybe that's Stockholm syndrome. What is going on there? He needs, to, he needs some counseling to work out these issues. That is creepy as hell. It is a flat planet full of really hot people, but yes, you would think it would trigger some issues of having been sexually assaulted. Well, are they still hot? Because they're apparently, Daniel says they're living long lives now. How old could they have gone though in like three yeah. months? Yeah. But do you think they have the, the usual span now, the usual 70 year span? I think so. Mm-hmm. I think that was uh, what they were trying to go for. So uh, Kitsia is probably pretty still hot. Yeah. Rapist. And still a baby. I mean, now she's like a six-month-old baby. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. So we find out that Kinsey has not changed his mind and intends to shut down Stargate completely. And Daniel makes his last ditch effort to stop Kinsey. And he tells him that the ships are coming. And Carter says, we think Daniel may have experienced an interdimensional transfer to an alternative reality, which I feel like undercuts Daniel's argument. So hard, so hard. You've got this guy that already thinks that everything that you do is complete and utter horseshit. And then you're like, but wait, I got transported to a parallel universe. Yeah, Daniel's not great at reading the room. No. Could they have presented this a little bit different? Like, why do you have to tell Kinsey the truth? There's So also, I don't like the idea of you have a hearing in three hours. We didn't tell you about it till now. Like, you could have prepared. You could have had your PowerPoints. You could have, you know, talked up the things, made like a closing argument of why you should stay open and I also don't get why Kinsey has so much control like so he's the only senator that was given clearance but he's not the only person on the appropriations committee why don't they find an ally get them clearance and have the two of them duke it out like there's a lot more they could have done here he was he's he's head of appropriations right yeah but that doesn't mean he gets more than one vote no that's very true well maybe he's the holdout vote it's like two against two and then he's the fifth one so then we have we have the team arguing the fate of the nation and the world. And K- Kenzie doesn't believe that we will be destroyed by these alien aircraft. Because, because God. Not just God, the US, our current, our current weapons. Let's not try to improve those weapons and God. Well, right. Yes. And not only that, also 
pre, you know, this is all, of course, you know, yeah, space aliens who have all this crazy shit, you know, are coming after us. But don't worry about it. We have the space shuttle Columbia and we have the space shuttle Enterprise and uh, we don't even have smartphones yet. <laughs> so this guy's super convinced, like before, you know, before people had smartphones and before, well, before we have a modern day internet, let me just put it like that. It's, uh, yeah, but don't worry about it. Space aliens, fuck it, dude. I got an M16, man. We're good. Let's rock. <laughs> I've seen Independence Day. Where's my floppy disk? (laughs) Kinsey does yell, there is only one God after Tilk says Apophis will will not stop until the population worships him as their God. Mm -hmm. And Kinsey yells, there's only one God. And O'Neill in his regular sarcastic self says, you think God is going to save us? I thought that was good. Yeah. Yeah. O'Neill is a pretty good cynic. Yeah. A very good cynic. Well, I guess after you've seen your chi- your only child die under tragic circumstances, it's hard to believe God will save anything. Good point. Yeah. And so Kinsey leaves. He's decided he's going to cut he's going to cut funding and end the program. Tilk asks to be sent back through the Stargate before it's permanently sealed. Are we thinking he's gonna go back to his family and Rayak? I think so. But he, he can't, Hammond says they can't lend anybody else. They, they can't operate the Stargate at all, which I thought was a bit much. Like you can dial it out once to let Teal go through. It, absolutely. I, I thought that too, where it's just kind of like, okay, wait a minute, you have this person that came here and has actually decided to throw, you know, give us invaluable intelligence about about the Goa old and, you know, has, you know, sacrificed everything to come here and help us help save our world. And really like the guy just what the door isn't even fully closed from Kinsey yeah. walking out and you're like, nope, sorry. Thanks for your service. Now you're a prisoner. Yeah. That's- well, I mean, how many times have the team not listened to Hammond and, <laughs> and gone wherever they wanted to? <laughs> Much like five minutes later. Well, we'll see what happens next week. No spoilers. No spoilers. No, but- you know, considering that there are nine seasons left, you might deduce that this is not the end of the Stargate program. <laughs> what did you guys think about O'Neill wanting to go with Tilk? I believed him. I think he really would have. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I think at the rest of SG-1 would have gone with them and they would have done what it is they do. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you think about it, if they just go to another planet, they can continue their project. Yeah. They don't need the Earth's Stargate. Right? They wouldn't have let them do that. I mean, let's say that O'Neill and Carter resigned their commission so that they weren't subject to military jurisdiction anymore. Can can Earth say humans from Earth are not allowed to go? Can they stop them? Well, yeah. I mean, honestly, yeah. If they if if they shut down, if technically the program was shut down effective immediately, as and then they resigned their commissions, then they would actually just be civilians with no authorization to even be on a military site, an active well soon to be decommissioned military site so yeah they they absolutely could yeah but hammond could just say i'm turning this way now don't go through the gate right yeah yeah don't after for 20 minutes (laughs) (laughs) but the gate's not even closed because there's two teams still off world so it's not like you can brick it over right away right right and i you know like he could since hammond seems to be on their side i think it would be pretty easy for them to you know, sort of hang out in the gate room, let everyone go to lunch, dial out, and what are they going to do? Send it, send somebody after them? Maybe. And then they could just dial to another planet and nobody knows where they went. Right. Yeah, they, yeah there's, no, there's no outgoing call log. Yeah. 
And then we end with the team majestically standing in the boardroom overlooking the gate. I love these final scenes of them lined up together as a group. They've done this a couple times. These are my favorite shots. To be continued. To be yeah. continued. Oh, so I did like Hammond's little speech there about like respecting, like he's, the, he's an elected official of the government we are sworn to serve. And he's totally right. I think that was a really important speech that, you know, it's, which is why this episode is, is interesting because it's like, you are on their side. You're like, fuck this Kinsey guy, go save humanity him but he's right he's an elected official if you the military starts making decisions about what they think is best against the wishes of a civilian government that's when you get a military coup and you can tell that he believed it as much as he disagreed with it oh absolutely i mean i think at one point i think it may have been when he's in the office uh you know when o'neill was in his office i'm not sure you know when it was but uh but yeah so along those same things he's like he's like where, did, where does this guy Kinsey get off? You know, like what gives him the right to do this? And, and Hammond's like the constitution of the United States of America. And it's like, boom. At the end of every episode, we give how many chevrons we think that this episode is worth. We will go to our guest first. How many chevrons do you give this episode? Um... I have to say, you know, it is far from my favorite episode, but it's uh, having read a lot of comments on IMDb uh, afterwards. I don't think it's as I am not going to be as harsh as as many commenters were. I'm going to say five, five chevrons for this. It's good. Sam, what do you think? Three chevrons. Uh, the original content was good. I always like seeing O'Neill pissed off. There's some. <laughs> inconsistency in Kinsey's character and his reasoning. So three showruns. Rose? Um, kind of torn between three and four. I guess I'll say four. You know, it is a clip show, so it's not gonna be like spectacular, but I think Stargate for the most part does decent clip shows, at least tr they try to like weave in some story to them. Um, I think there's some interesting questions about respecting civilian authority and you know, how the right of the military to act in secret and all that. Um, but I hate, I hate Kinsey. <laughs> and that's a, that's a testament to the actor, to Ronnie Cox, because he does a, such a, a spectacular job making him so hateable. Um, so I'll stick with, did I say four? I'll stick with four. Okay. I agree. I, I give it four chevrons. I, I like the original content. I thought it was good. I'm not a fan of flashbacks, especially since we recently, I mean, it's one thing to do flashbacks like four or five seasons in and you go back to the first season where people look different and things like that. But literally, we just saw these episodes. <laughs> so it was a little, that's why I wouldn't give it five, but I give it four for the original content. I liked it. Rose, do you have any ideas what you would change if this or what you think would change if this was written now? You know, I don't think they really do clip shows anymore because now seasons are so short and really tight. You know, they, they don't really have extraneous episodes that they have to fill with stuff. So I just don't think we'd see this now with the clips. Yeah, yeah I agree with that. That's true. Yeah, what was that, 23 episodes per season? Yeah, yeah. now, now it's really 10 episodes is the standard. Oh. And they're all, there's no, there's no reruns anymore. I guess everything's now streaming, it's not airing. So um, there's no need for reruns. But yeah, everything just feels really like, tight like there's no extra room in seasons anymore i agree 
Well, thank you for joining us. Next week, we're going to have episode 21, Within the Serpent's Grasp. Rose is going to be our wonderful host. And that will be the last episode of season one. So get ready. It's going to be exciting. Maybe, but I haven't seen it yet. So I'm hoping. So I will see you later. And from our guest, Ben, our wonderful super fans, Sam and Rose. Bye. See you next week. Thank you. Actually, like Trumpism, you know, 20 years before Trump. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. Please like us. Oh, and follow us on Instagram at Probing the Wormhole or Twitter at Probing the Wormhole or Facebook at Probing the Wormhole. You can also get in touch with us at our website, probingthewormhole.com.